guys, it's me, Blue. Welcome or welcome back to our podcast, B&B Anime. I am here, obviously, with the other B. Other B? Wait, that's uh, me. That's I'm Brad. You. Hi, I'm Brad. Yes, you are. You are. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing really, really well. Uh, how are you? I cannot complain at all. Good. I'm glad. No complaining. No complaining is allowed. It's illegal. <gasps> this is going to be a problem then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially considering that we review things. So exactly. Kind of, I have a feeling I'm going to complain a good bit this episode. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I hadn't thought... Uh, yeah, so today we're going to be doing um, an episode, shock, um, reviewing one of the animes that we have both previously enjoyed, we watched in our own time, um, and now we've both sat down and dissected it, uh, Wise Man's Grandchild. I can speak. Wise Man's Grandchild. Wise Man's Grandchild. Wise Man's Grandchild, coming yes. to you last year. Last year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, but before we jump right into it, we're just going to have a little chat, talk about the news, things like that. So uh, anything been fun been going on in your life recently? Absolutely not. I got turned down from a job posting today. So that's that's how my life has been today. That sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, I've actually been in a similar boat. Yesterday, I went to the dentist. How was the dentist? Well... Thankfully, I don't have any cavities, so that's nice. Um, hey, that's always great. That's always it's great, but I have a bit of a sore throat from it, so if you hear me kind of uh, coughing or tickling or my voice doesn't sound exactly as it normally does, that's the reason I blame my hygienist. No, I'm kidding. She was lovely. But um, yeah, I hate the dentist. Oh, no, I, I hate the dentist too. I feel like every time I've been, it's either been bad news or it's been nothing but me getting griped at the entire time. So I prefer to avoid the dentist if at all possible, except for whenever I see them once to twice a year, depending on how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. I I go about every six months, but after, you know, like two really invasive surgeries, two laser surgeries and two and a half years of braces, me, dentists, orthodontists, that kind of stuff, we don't really get on very well. Yeah, after having my wisdom teeth removed and then having braces for close to five years, I would rather not. Oh, how come you had them so long? My teeth were really bad. Really? So I used, like, I could fit my pinky in between my two front teeth. Love that. I and could then, fit a, a two pound coin in between my two front teeth. I don't know how big that would be. Probably, um... Maybe the size of a quarter, I would assume? Uh, a little bit thicker. It's probably like a quarter and a half. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe closer yeah. to a nickel for us then, because our nickels are thicker than a quarter. Are they really? I think so. The more you know. Learning uh-huh. about American currency. American uh, yeah, currency. Had, it's worthless. <laughs> right. I had a lot of jaw problems more than teeth problems. Like my top jaw was too slim. So they had to put like an, a bar across the roof of my mouth and uh, uh, expanded it. Um, and then my bottom jaw was too far back. So then they had to put two bars along the sides of my mouth and push it forward. So most of my braces was actually jaw work as opposed to teeth work. Oh, you see, mine was primarily teeth work. And also towards the end, they tried to correct my overbite a little, but it wasn't, it's not bad. So yeah. they just kind of left that alone. That and the rubber bands, I refused. 
Oh, I refused on those two, which is why my bottom teeth don't line up with my top teeth. So like where the uh, like spaces between your two bottom incisors and the spaces between my two top incisors, they don't line up. Hmm. So I've got like one bottom tooth that's in the middle. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. You're trying to do this after you literally made me like turn a crank in my mouth for six months to expand my top drawer. And now you're asking me to like wear elastics to move my teeth. No, it's not happening. I refuse. Not only that, but it's elastics that you have to take out and put back in every time you eat. Oh, yeah. Oh, Which yeah. is, that's inconvenient. No, it's I'll so pass. Bad. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, yeah, they gave me a retainer as well. And I'm like, well, that's never seen the light of day since I was like 14. Well, it's like I got like the clear plastic one, so it wasn't yeah. noticeable. So I wore that for like five months in the year and a half that I was supposed to wear them. And then I uh, lost them or they got thrown away. So I was like, eh, no, I, I think I'll just I think I'll just go without. Yeah, I had uh, uh, I had one of those as well. And I was supposed to wear it for the rest of my life. Um, because my jaw was so bad. So yeah, they, they said that I was supposed to wear it every single day for about a year and then wear it only at night for another six months and then slowly go down to only wear it like twice a week overnight. And, uh, yeah, I wore it for maybe four days and then stopped. (laughs) And it's in my drawer and I actually have two of them because I claimed that I lost it. So then they gave me another one, um, and now I have two. And neither of them fit anymore because, of course, my teeth have shifted. So, Oh, yeah, my teeth have shifted a little bit to where there is still a gap between my two front teeth, but it's Mm. not – it's not bad. Like, it's barely there, and it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. So I'm fine. I'm I'm going to avoid braces again at all (laughs) costs. Yeah, mine – I have a – like a gold – plot like plate thing that's like stuck to the back of my two front teeth to force them from not separating i could have used that uh-huh. dentist uh-huh. i don't like you anymore <laughs> but it means that whenever i go through a metal detector i beep i bet that's hard to explain uh-huh i'm like it's in my mouth and they're like what and i'm like it's it's my teeth and they're like what and i'm like look and they're like uh okay Oh, it makes sense now. She's not lying. I'm not lying. I'm not storing a gun in my face. I promise. (laughs) But are you sure, though? uh, I mean, it might be a really tiny gun. I mean, the things they make these days. You'd be surprised. Outside of that, anything else fun, exciting, happening? Uh, Not really. My phone just buzzed while on my desk, so that's great. (laughs) Aha! (laughs) Love that. Uh, Yeah, no, not really anything super duper exciting other than I'm booking uh, my tickets to Japan this weekend, which is exciting. I'm going to go in in the summer. So that's fun. Congratulations. I'm totally not jealous. I'm totally not not. plotting my revenge. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, I guess we should like actually jump right into it because we've just been talking about teeth for like 10 minutes. Yes. News. (laughs) Um, News. So, multiple anime events in Japan have been cancelled due to the coronavirus, including Anime Con, which, if I'm not mistaken, or Anime Tokyo, sorry, which is Japan's biggest anime convention. Ah, that's fun. That's unfortunate. I I know that's really got to suck for them, because that'd be like uh, Comic-Con getting cancelled over here for us. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is 
going to be a huge moneymaker. I, I did hear some talks about the Olympics possibly being cancelled, because of course that's in Tokyo this year as well. Um, but that is in quite a few months from now. And I also heard that um, vaccines are also in development for the coronavirus, although it's called like, um, I don't know, it's like something 19. Um, it's like C-O- con 19 or con something 19. like that. Yeah, it's like corona something i don't know what it is but it's like something 19 i don't know it's not a coronavirus anyways uh but it is but like it's not called that anymore i need to learn the name of it but um i did hear that there's there's some talk about it but it's highly speculated the olympic committee is saying that it's not going to be cancelled um mainly because it costs millions of dollars to run the olympics and if they're not making that money back by selling tickets then um or like in tourism in general um they're due to japan's economy so yeah i really don't think that they're going to cancel it but they might end up like limiting flights from foreign countries and things like that which is going to be kind of tricky that is going to be a little bit tricky however i'm right there with you i don't foresee them canceling the olympics Mm -hmm. over it i realize it's kind of an epidemic now and it's kind of spreading however with modern medicine and everything being the way it is i don't foresee this lasting any longer than Maybe another month yeah, or so, yeah, give or take? Yeah, it is. Uh, from the World Health Organization, they're saying that it is on the path to becoming a pandemic. And there is possibly a case in the US, currently right now at the date of recording, um, there is possibly a case in the US that seems to have spread up out of nowhere. Like this person had no contact with um, a traveler from China or um, like anything. It just seems to have like developed on its own, which means that it, there may be a leaked case in America, but this that's like, to our current knowledge, it could t- turn out that this person did actually come into contact with someone that had traveled in from China and they just didn't know it and then they'll be able to contain it pretty easily. Um, but yeah, as far as um, uh, we know right now, it's very like, it's a good thing to be aware, alert. And um, yeah, if you're in America or another country that seems to have cases being propped up around the place um maybe just like think about your emergency kits that you have at home and if you have to stay at home for uh, a period of time what you actually have to be able to like live off of you know food cans of food and stuff yes all Mm non-perishable items then next up Sword Art Online Alicization The War of the Underworld because you know really long anime titles it has its official air date of its second course starting on April 25th, which I am extremely so- excited yeah, you've been about. Looking forward to that. Oh, I'm you've so been happy. Looking forward to that for like so long now. Oh, I have. They left it off on the worst possible cliffhanger, and it oh, it bothers me so much because oh, Alicization has been the reboot that Sao needed, and it has been absolutely wonderful ever since it started. I cannot gush enough yeah i definitely need to get on that i've only seen the first season of sort of online um i watched some of the second season but i dropped it like a couple of episodes in and haven't really picked it up afterwards but because of the amount that you rave about it i'm like i need to get on it i highly recommend it um you can skip sao2 mm-hmm. it's not necessarily pertinent unless you care about like kirito and asana's personal problems mm-hmm. and issues but like I said, Ordinal Scale does a really good job of like backfilling information and it will also get you used to the new animation oh, fine, style. Okay. Because they're like Attack on Titan. They got a huge budget animation right. increase. So it certainly helped a lot with mm-hmm. that. 
but also then going into it, like I said, it was basically a reboot, like new animation, better storytelling, like Reki Kawahara, like fully sat down and like threw everything he had into it. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It dropped all the harem anime aspects. It focused on storytelling. I laughed. I cried. I was on the edge of my seat. Awesome. So good. I'm super stoked to to jump right back into that then. I have so much on my to watch list though. It's like when I get to it in 50 years. We'll get to get it eventually. eventually. And then next, Detective Conan has debuted in the newspaper in Japan. So that was exciting exciting. because actually having anime in like actual, like widespread publication, I was like, that's really interesting because I've always thought anime sort of had the same stigma in Japan that it has here, even though it's would probably be a lot more culturally Mm -hmm. accepted. I always thought it would be still just have like a stigma of people would like not everyone would be happy about something like that happening. So that's really cool that it actually made it mainstream in that way. No, I I completely agree. I think that um, more and more these days we're seeing that um, Asian kind of entertainment is becoming so much more popular, not just within their own countries, but like around the world. Um, For instance, like K-pop becoming so freaking huge internationally. You're now seeing that it's also not just accepted worldwide, but even more accepted in country in their country of origin, um, mm-hmm. because like it's not so like it it, it kind of makes it cool, you know, like where it previously might have been like a nerdy or a really mainstream, and so like it's not cool because like everybody does that, so I don't want to do that, you know, kind of thing. Um, it's becoming less of that because it's now getting international recognition, and people are like, oh, this is part of our culture that's really sick. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing in general that, um, the countries that are coming out with things like, like with anime, K-pop, that kind of stuff are now celebrating it within their own countries as well. Um, which is super cool to see. Yeah. Because anime Tokyo wasn't even around until, uh, 2015, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, whenever I looked into that. So I'm like, it took five years to becoming one of the biggest anime conventions Mm -hmm. in the world, but the biggest anime convention in Japan. So I'm like, that's crazy, but it's great for anime fans because that just means it's more popular, which means we get more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, out here in, um, in Canada, uh, I have been to, um, the, uh, Edmonton anime thon a couple of times. Um, and it's like the biggest anime convention on this side of Canada, other than like, if you want to, go to a bigger one in Canada, you'd have to go to like Toronto or something. Um, and mm-hmm. over the past few years, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's actually moved out of the university that it was once in and is now going into one of the like sports arenas. So it's getting like a complete glow up basically and so much more space and things like that because it's been around for so, so many years. But within the past like three to five years, it's pretty much completely blown up. And the amount of people going, the amount of people cosplaying, the amount of people posting about it on social media, the funding, the amount of artists that are in like the artist alley where they can sell their own stuff, everything has just blown up. And it's awesome. Like last time I went, there was this this guy who had actually built like a robot cosplay like he was he had gone a mechanic on it i guess he'd like i think he'd worked on like an oil field or something so he was like really used to working with mechanics and and with his hands and 
building stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Can you tell I'm experienced? Um, and he built this. Yes, right? very he much built so. this freaking robot suit. It was so sick. Um, yeah, uh, it was really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. That is yeah. really cool. And then last piece of news, and it's a really sad piece of news. And also, my apologies for butchering Japanese names because you know it's really hard to pronounce. But uh, Kazuhisha Hashimoto, the creator of the Konami Code, passed away yesterday, which would be the 26th, if I'm not mistaken. And the Konami Code, for those of you who don't know, it is a cheat code that was developed in Konami games that he was... I forgot to write down the name of the game, but he was playing through it he was being one of the playtesters on the game and he's like this is just really hard so we created a code that would just buff him in that game and after he created that it got put into all the other konami titles which include castlevania dance dance revolution and my personal favorite metal yeah. gear oh but the Konami code is the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, yeah. start, which is also in a lot of other games as well, not just Konami yeah. titles. And then it even like lived a, a second life kind of a little while <laughs> ago where it became a huge meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that actually yeah. becoming a meme. Yeah, you just reminded me of it. The odd things that become so memes. <laughs> Everything is a meme. What's the word I'm looking at? Like... A, a bull, memeable, memeable. Everything, everything yes. is memeable. Meme-able. I was trying to think of a word for like, um, uh, like a possible victim of memeage. I don't hmm. know. Can't think of the word. Anyways, yes, I guess we should actually kind of jump into our discussion about the anime because we've literally been talking for forever. Yes, that. Yes, that wraps up all mm-hmm. the news too. So I am totally down to transition over to our actual topic mm-hmm. of the day which is Wise Man's yes. Grandchild, or Japanese pronunciation, Kenja no Mago. Good job. <laughs> Good job on that pronunciation. <laughs> We're both horrible at it. It's not even funny. Like, genuinely so bad at Japanese pronunciation. So, you know. Yeah, please take it easy on us. We're both attempting to learn yeah. Japanese, but I am a Southern American, so it's really yeah, rough on me. I kind of should have no excuse. I have Japanese cousins and an aunt, but um, I have the excuse that I uh, have already emigrated once, so accents are already a thing. <laughs> so adding in a... No I know, excuses. I have no excuse. I'm an immigrant. I should know multiple languages. That's how that stereotype works, right? But you're from two primarily English-speaking countries, so... I know, I'm in a bilingual country, and I don't even speak the second language from that bilingual country, so... <laughs> yeah, it'd be uh, fine. Uh, uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, well, I guess I guess we'll <laughs> jump into it. Um, so, yeah. background information mm. on the show it is based off of a light novel written by Tsuyoshi yeah. Yoshiko. And it began serialization in January of 2015. It picked up a manga a couple years down the road. And then Silverlink adapted it for an anime that began airing in April of last year or Mm -hmm. 2019. Yeah, isn't the manga still going to this day? Yeah, I I think think it is. is. And so 
it's also i believe we'll be getting a second season of this show eventually yeah i'd heard rumors of there being a second season but as far as i was aware nothing is confirmed now we haven't gotten anything confirmed yet but typically the way anime goes your first season will sit for two or three years before you get the second one and then after the second one you'll kind of get an idea of how quickly it's going to come out Mm -hmm. outside of that except for dead man wonderland may you rest in peace Um, but the anime was directed by Masafumi yeah. Tamura, who has previously directed a comedy like Kill. I didn't know that. And then I didn't either. And then outside of that, he had also previously worked on Liz and the Bluebird, Laid Back Camp, The Devil's a Part Timer, and my teen romantic comedy, ah, Snafu. fun. Good. Then the music was done by Cal yeah. Otani. Whose notable works previously stint or previously worked on mm-hmm. Godzilla, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, and Shadow oh, of the Colossus, awesome. which is yeah, awesome. Godzilla is pretty awesome as well. Uh, yeah, no, that's sick. That's that's so cool. I didn't know that they had uh, they had got quite the um, group of hardworking people there. They really did, and then some previous uh, or some notable works from. Silverlink is Baka and Test. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's hilarious. I'll have to check it out. Chaos Child and Restaurant to Another oh, my World, loves. which you and I both enjoy yeah. food anime. Yeah, my brother so. actually loves that. He read the. Did he read the manga or did he watch the anime? I don't know. He has told me about that before and told me that I should get on it. The manga's really good. The show is decent, but I just preferred the manga. I felt like it just had more mm. substance to it. Yeah, I do find that sometimes. Then Funimation was in charge of the dub. The main character, yeah, real big shock. Um, The voice actor for the main character, Shin, was done by Damon Mills, who has previously done work for DBZ, Darling in the Bronx, Mm -hmm. My Hero, Overlord, Tokyo Ghoul, and Yori on Ice. Whereas the subcast was done by Yusuke Mm -hmm. Kobayashi, and he had previously worked on oh, Boruto, cool. Food ah. Wars, Fuka, another music anime that mm-hmm. I love, and ReZero as the main character, Subaru. So he's he's done a good bit of like main yeah, character work in some prior mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, pretty accomplished there. And then that takes up all of the background information that yeah. I have on the show. Yeah, and it's and people. It's people. Uh, yeah, so I did some um, quick research into uh, uh, public opinion. It seems that um, Anime Planet approximately gave it about a 3.9 out of 5. Um, and my anime list gave it a 6.68 out of 10 um, as of recording. It is um, a PG-13 or teens 13 or older, which is something that Brad and I recently discovered. We didn't actually, like, it didn't click that animes had age ratings but they do so that's fun yeah i had i had no clue because any streaming site that you watch anime on it typically doesn't give you a pre-rating on any yeah of yeah i was shocked i like um anime planet doesn't show it either like that quite a lot of the anime sites that i uh regularly go to for recommendations or news things like that they don't they don't actually show the rating which i thought was really quite fascinating um so yeah i don't i don't know about that that's fun 
Um, <laughs> yeah, so it started its uh, release on April t- 10th of 2019 and went to June 26th. has 12 episodes, um, only the one season so far, um, and each episode is 23 minutes long. Um, yeah, well, that's kind of the news that I had on that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I have watched the anime twice through, once to just kind of, like, really enjoy it and, uh, feel it out and just, like, watch it, uh, um, and then again where I went through, oh, I'm sorry, I just, like, hit my cup of water, oh no, um. That poor cup I, of water, what has it ever done uh, to it you? It looked at me funny. Um, uh, Man. and then I went through again and I took notes on um, every single episode and the key points featured throughout the entire anime. So yeah, your girl has like dove deep into this anime. And I've watched it through twice as well. One time completely, Mm -hmm. whenever it came out, I watched it episode to episode and then binge watched it over the past couple of days dubbed Mm -hmm. just because I really wanted to check out the dub to see if it was good. Yeah, that's one thing. (laughs) It's not good. Oh no, I haven't seen the dub. I only I watch it both times through subbed. So yeah, I haven't seen the dub. It's not that it was necessarily bad. Like the show has its cringeworthy moments as it is. However, some of the like choices for the cast just didn't necessarily suit the characters, or at least in my opinion. Right. Like I feel like the dub did a lot better of a job, or not the dub, but the sub did a lot better job of like putting the right sounding actors and actresses with the roles. Whereas the dub, it just really felt like a mismatch. And I love the cast that they got for the dub. Like some of my favorite uh, voice actors and voice actresses, but man, just Just did not agree. I I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I guess I'm just going to give like a quick little summary of the plot of the anime um, and not have any spoilers in this part. So if you haven't seen, you can listen to this and then I'll let you know when we're going to jump into spoiler territory. Yes, we will um, tell so, you when the spoiler hat is necessary. Yes, we will. Um, so it starts off, it is an isekai um, with your office worker um, who has no name. Um, and he is working hard in his office and um, he gets isekai into another world. He gets reborn again. Um, and our, that introduces our main character, Shin. Um, and Shin is raised in the forest by his grandfather, um, who uh, is... How could I say this without spoiling anything? Um, his grandfather is a very notable magician in this realm. Um, but Shin has memories of his previous life and of the technology and things in Japan on Earth. And obviously they're no longer on Earth, they're in, in Japan. They're in a realm where they have magic and stuff, sword fighting, everything. Um, and <laughs> so he has memories of his previous life. So he uses those memories to be able to create new magic because he has understanding of like basic science and um, modern technology. Um, and you see kind of hints of that throughout the anime of him creating new magic or him creating new enchanted items that um, we have to our everyday disposal um, that are not part of their repertoire. Like they have zero knowledge of it, Z- like zero knowledge of basic science, things like that, that we just know from our education. Um, 
And it just starts with him, and he is very, very OP, um, and he has been raised by his grandma and grandpa, or granny and grandpa, um, and uh, then he ends up going to a mag- magical school, and it's just about them um, making a group, him making friends, and them fighting demons and demonoids, which are people who have become demonized. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they're incredibly, incredibly powerful. Um, I think that's pretty much everything without spoiling anything. Yeah, that's really the overall general gist of everything. So what were your thoughts on the anime as a whole? I really (coughs) enjoyed it. I think it is fun. I'm not going to say that it is like the most amazing anime ever, but to me, I think it is really just a bit of fun. Um, there's some heavily cringe moments in there. There's some really, really, really funny stuff in there. Um, and I do really appreciate how when you're watching it, depending on emotions and like little bits, like you'll notice every now and again, the art style changes to enhance comedic or cringeworthy moments. Um, there were actually a couple of moments throughout the anime that I had to actually skip through because the cringe was so embarrassing that I couldn't sit through it and watch it. It made my heart like stop and I was just, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, because I know you are a lot like me. Like we have the ability to feel other people's embarrassment oh, yeah. and anxiety. Oh yeah. Even if it's a fictional character, oh, yeah. it's just like we just have the ability to relate and we don't even want to it's just we just it immediately hits so i'm very much there with you yeah i couldn't do it there there were a couple moments one moment in particular no probably two moments in in particular that i haven't seen um and i i kind of like you can figure out what happened during those moments by context and stuff i skipped through them both times i skipped through them when i was just watching for fun i like curled up into a ball and just like skipped and then um and then the second time I tried to sit there and I I tried to force myself to watch it because I was like you're doing a review you have to watch it you have to watch it I couldn't do it I couldn't do it <gasps> but blue we're supposed to review these things we're supposed to give in-depth analysis of all the cringe yeah, well, my in-depth analysis of no, that cringe was that it didn't happen and I don't know about it thanks I have blocked it from my memory. I never want to see it again. Shoot, be gone. Get out of yeah. here. I, uh, f- I think I know what parts you're thinking yeah. about as well. I'll, I'll go into that later um, when we go in more in depth without any spoilers. Um, but yeah, for those you, those of you guys who um, haven't seen it, I would kind of relate it to if you've seen Harry Potter in the um, Goblet of Fire, Harry turns to face... Cho and water spills out of his mouth when he tries to smile and everyone laughs at him. It's that kind of embarrassing. It makes you feel sick. <laughs> I can uh I I can agree with that. I can agree with that 100%. Yeah. So what about you Brad? What are your overall thoughts on the anime? I I think it was good. It's definitely not the best isekai I've ever seen. It's definitely not the worst. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um I I love the art style changes of the anime. Yeah, me too. Like how just even the background characters will be different from the like main focus and it's all just for comedic effect oh, and yeah. timing and everything. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like it took itself a bit too seriously. Yeah. For what it is. Yeah. 
I, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that, I think. But at the same time, it's it's still very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It's still fun. It's still a massively OP yeah. uh, protagonist who just has a really great time with everything that he's doing. Like, you can tell, like, he enjoys being in the new world over his past life and is just really enjoying everything overall. Mm-hmm. But I feel, I don't know, like... Even though it is an isekai, it's just you got to go at it from a really lighthearted perspective. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, like you'll see a lot of the show's flaws. And so it it all just depends on your personal take. It's not something that I would necessarily recommend to a lot of people, but I still really enjoyed it just depending on how you look at the show. Yeah, I would... I would recommend it to people who are already watching anime. I wouldn't recommend it to people who are just beginning in their anime journey. Um, Because, like, if you're already down the rabbit hole, I think you'll get a good couple laughs out of it. And, you know, it's it's really binge-worthy. It's only 12 episodes, so it's not like you're going on one of them 20-episode journeys, you know? Like, it's it's a little bit more on the shorter side, which is nice. I think if they had continued... Like, if they had done 20 episodes, it would have been way too long, and I would have, like, dropped it halfway through. Um... But yeah, I think I think it's good. I like the fact that there is a um, actual villain that is like kind of comparable, and I like the villain's backstory. Um, I I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll wait until after the spoiler thing because um, I have a thing about the plot that I think could have elevated it more. But having obviously not read the manga or the light novel. I don't know where it's going to go, so it can't do what I'm thinking, but, like, I think if they go with the second season, they should really push it up on the ham content. They should make go further with those jokes, step further with those jokes, and, um, yeah, do I think there's, there's the opportunity to do some cool stuff with plots because they've left themselves kind of a lot of loopholes and a lot of, like, plot holes that they can fill in with really cool stuff later on down the road but it's not like it doesn't make sense now if that makes sense yeah it makes sense it makes complete and total sense and i'm sure i think i'll be in the same boat with you on a lot of that stuff however once you go into it and go through the backstory i think Mm -hmm. and i think once you explain that i think you and i will definitely be in agreement if we're on the same page on that. Mm-hmm. Now, my question for you. Okay. What did you think about the magic animation? Uh, the actual like magic circles I thought were really cool. Um, I liked Yeah, like all of the magic effects and everything. Like it was it was great. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, no, I really liked that. I really liked how um oh, it's kind of a spoiler it's kind of a spoiler. Um baby spoiler. Can I give you a, a baby spoiler warning? I'm giving a baby spoiler warning, okay? Um, there was um, <laughs> a um, moment in the first episode, I think. Let me just double check my notes. It must have been the first episode because but so much happened in the first episode. I'm like, How, what? Um, I'm just double checking. Uh, no, okay, so it's in the second episode. It's in the second episode, so it is kind of a little bit more than a baby spoiler. It's a toddler spoiler. Um, uh, he, um, makes a joke about how in his old life, um, it was really cringe when people would vocalize their enchanting spells. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Then, I love that. And then he goes to school and uh, everyone is so level, so low level that they have to do all of the enchant, like say the, vocalize the enchanting spell, or vocalize the spell. And uh, he just cringes. And it's a very funny little moment there that I think is great fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then the, like, whenever he actually shows his ability that he can cast without it yeah just the just how everybody's look on their face oh God, it yeah. was amazing it's, it's very very funny there are lots of little moments like that throughout the anime that i really really did appreciate just moments where um they just put in a little joke like it's not like a full setup setup punchline kind of joke it's just like a a little hint at a joke. Like, um, there's there's quite a few running gags throughout it that are, are very funny, and I do very much appreciate them. So if you want, like, a good chill laugh that isn't, um, like, it's not gonna make you belly laugh, I don't really think, um, but it's, it's like, a good wind down. You had a hard day at work, you just want to check on some anime, you don't really want to think and just, like, watch something, I would recommend it for that purpose. I can agree. Mm-hmm. I can agree. Like, it's not, like, it's entirely comedy, like Aho Girl or something like mm-hmm. that, to where it's just short 12-minute episodes and you're laughing literally the entire time. Mm-hmm. But it's still a really good laugh. And that's what I meant whenever I said it doesn't take itself too seriously, mm-hmm. but it still does. Yeah. Yeah, there are quite a few fight scenes, and it does have a few moments of... Uh, there, there are a couple moments of they try and pull on your heartstrings a little bit, and I think in one case they succeeded. Um, in another case, I don't think they went far enough with it, and I'll kind of get into that later. Um, but they do try and like give you that emotional side to things, and yeah, I think they just needed to like just take it that one step further if they were gonna go that route, or um, just not go that route at all and keep it a complete comedy. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's what I meant whenever it's like, it just, it takes itself a bit too seriously, mm-hmm. but it's in the areas where it took itself too seriously, they didn't try hard enough, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Like, they couldn't decide which direction they wanted to take the show. Yeah. But back to the whole magic animation, it was, it was glorious. It was really cool. It was, it was beautifully done. Yeah. The effects they did were wonderful. Yeah. Overall, oh, the great. animation is gorgeous throughout the whole anime. The, like, towns, when, like, he's traveling through the towns and stuff, they go to, like, a hot, hot springs town at one point, and that's beautiful. Um, the, the, the actual, like, uniforms and dresses and clothing and things that they wear, I actually really liked the aesthetic of. It wasn't too out there from anime styles, but it was different enough to where if you wanted to cosplay as one of the characters, it wouldn't just be like another school uniform and people be like, are you this person or this person? Like it is different enough to um, kind of differentiate yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's very much its own distinct style, especially whenever it comes to the clothes and mm-hmm. the eyes. Yeah. The eyes with the four different color tones yeah. across the board was awesome. Yeah, Agreed. Agreed. So I guess now I'm going to check on the spoiler warning. Um, so if you haven't seen the anime uh, and you do not wish to know any secrets from um, the plotline or anything like directly, um, I'm going to say have a wonderful day, night, whatever time it is for you now. Because yeah, spoiler warning going up now. Spoiler hat, put it spoiler on hat, now. Put it on. Okay, so uh, going over the plot more in detail. In your first episode. 
like I said, it starts off with Shin getting into your car accident and um, he uh, dies, obviously, um, and then gets reborn um, with Merlin as his grandfather. And then you meet um, uh, Melida, who is his um, granny, who I'm just going to, I'm just going to call Merlin and Melida um, granny and grandpa or granny and gramps or whatever throughout the rest because otherwise it gets real confusing. Um, and that's also what he calls them throughout the entire show, so it's fine. Yeah, he does. Um, and then uh, you find out how OP Shin is. You get like a, a brief little montage of him going through uh, his early like life, um, where you get to see him like kill his first demon, and you get to hear about his backstory with his parents because Shin is not actually um, Gramps's direct bloodline grandson. Um, Gramps found him in the in a forest, like deaded well not deaded his parents were deaded he wasn't deaded which is why gramps raised him um (laughs) and then very quickly on you find out that um his uncle his um gramps his granny and his swords trainer uh michael 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 i don't know i think it's michael but without the a so i don't know i don't i'm sorry michael something like that something like that um they uh are actually like really really important people um like gramps killed a demonoid um, in his heyday with um, Granny's help. Um, and she is also known as, like, the guru because she's, like, enchanted all of this really cool stuff that's, like, like my stomach just growled really loud. I'm sorry if you can hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, she enchanted all this really cool stuff um, for them all. And then, yeah, there's so much that happens in the first episode because it is just packed with, like, information on information on information. Most of my notes, like, like because I took notes on every single episode, the first episode, I have so many more than all the rest of them because it's just like new character, new information, new character. And I do think that it was maybe a little bit too much on the... Yeah, that's one thing I will say. Like, it's one of those... This is one of those animes to where you need more than like the one episode rule. Like, you got to at least give yeah. it three, I think. Because if you just go off the first episode, it's so much information yeah. overload. Yeah, there's it- very... It can kind of turn. Yeah, you there's off very to it. little plot in the first episode. It is mainly character introductions, um, and two characters that I think could have been completely left out because they don't show up until much later on, and they have no relevance to his training. Like um, Mikkel, I'm going to say, uh, um, he doesn't really show up more as, as an intense character until later, but he was integral to Shin's training because he taught him like the way of the sword. Um, but like Big Sis and Big Bro, they don't show up until way later on in the anime. I think like episode like eight or nine. Um, but they were first introduced in the first episode and then you just don't hear anything about them until that point. And I feel like they could have been introduced in episode eight. I don't think they needed to be introduced in the first episode when also you're getting introduced to your main character, main character's grandparents everyone else you know like i just feel like they were two people that could have just been left i mean maybe just like a small introduction like hey you're this person but then that's it like we don't need a backstory on you now we can get that seven episodes yeah uh and or like maybe just like even just had them in the background of a montage so you don't know who they are but you've seen them Mm -hmm. um 
And yeah. and then there was also a merchant sitting around the table when they're having their discussion that literally doesn't show up through the throughout the rest of the anime and isn't there for any kind of other purposes. And I was just like, why are you here, mm. dude? Like, what are you even, why are you here? Now I'm just like concerned about you because I'm like getting attached to you because I'm getting attached to all of my other characters and you're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> like, who are you? Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my critique on that. Uh, but then you find out that when Shin turns 15, which is when they're all sitting around the table, um, he has basically become an adult in this realm and they try and decide what they want to do with him. Uh, and then you figure out that Uncle Dis, who is just like, um, just his uncle, um, is actually the king of a kingdom named Earlshid. Earlshield? I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I can't pronounce anything. Um, and uh, he's not just like his uncle, he's actually a king. Um, and Big Sis and Big Bro are his guards. Um, but like I said, they don't really ha- play any important role until later, um, except for the king. The king obviously does. And they decide around the kitchen table that um, they... Uh, no, they go and, and Shin shows them um, his power, because uh, he's into the OP, and then they decide that um, he can't be used as like a military weapon. Um, I actually thought that was a really smart plot point. I agree. I like how they use it as a plot point of, hey, you know, we'll let him go to the school and be around people his own age, even though it's a school that trains people for the military, like it's a school for mm-hmm. magicians. Who will who are later used as like military mages? So they're like, "We'll let him go, but he cannot join the military. Like, we will leave your country if you yeah. do." Yeah, no, I genuinely, I thought that was a very, very smart plot point, and I think they could have maybe gone one step further with that, like really put some maybe like legal rules in place because it was just kind of like a verbal rule, and then the king did announce it later on. But like, I feel like they could have. They could have gone further with that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that. Although one thing I disagreed with was the king, like at the actual royal announcement or whatever, actually made that a point to where it's just like, mm, not. I don't agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it should have. I feel like they should have either gone all the way, and he is legitimately completely banned from ever fighting. In like, he's just the most OP character. That would be hilarious. The most OP character you've ever seen. And he is completely banned from doing any kind of fighting. Like, you can use no magic. You are this OP. You're going to a school of mages. Yeah, but you're no not allowed magic. to use magic. You're, you're not bad. allowed to use your, your sword because <laughs> you, you're too trained in the sword. You're not allowed to, to use anything. You you have to, like, become a baker. Like, you're not allowed to be involved. You are too much of a military weapon. That's it. Like, you don't get... That would be so funny. And I feel like they could have gone further with that. Yeah, that, that could have been a great comedy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you end up, yeah, so then, like, episode continues, you end up finding that, like, pretty much everyone in Finn's life is actually a badass mofo, and um, he has just been, like, trained by basically prodigies his whole life. Um, so then episode two and episode... Episode two is pretty simple. It's just um, you getting to know some of the other characters. Um, Sizzlin is introduced, Um uh, who is kind of Shin's love interest, well not kind of, is Shin's love interest throughout. Um, and uh, this made me laugh a lot, but I was reading some reviews of the anime and somebody said that it was a harem. Um, this anime is most definitely not a harem. Uh, it is not a harem anime at all. No. Like, Cecilian and Shin are very much like head over heels 
for one another. Yeah. And that's it. Like nobody else falls for either of these characters. No. And it's alluded to literally the whole time that these two are meant for oh, each yeah. other. Yeah. So uh, it's a very cliche way of Shin. They actually call out how cliche the way that Shin and Sizzlin meet. Um, <clears throat> she's like in a uh, alleyway with her friend Maria and Maria, Maria, uh, how they say it. Um, and uh, some big old rough guys are trying to sex him up. And they're all like, no, down. And Shin comes along and he's like, I'm a badass mofo. I'm going to beat you up. Um, and that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> and then Sizzlin just goes, swoon, I love you. And then Maria's just sitting there just being like, what the heck is just going on? Like, you're seriously not falling for that guy because he just did that. Like, he's just being like a normal human that would step in. Um, and she's like, swoon, I love him. Um, and uh, yeah, that's like literally the first time that they meet their relationship is established and it continues all the way through. Uh, but yeah, so basically he then goes to school, he takes the entrance exam, he beasts everybody in the entrance exam is when, uh, like I was talking about earlier with the toddler spoiler, um, he gets a to witness everybody else's horrible magic and he's dying of how embarrassing that they are and is, yeah, it's very, very funny. And um, the king even told the proctor for the exam to be like, like, do not let him go all out, and yet he still destroys the exam room. And oh, she's yeah. like, wait, you're holding back? Yeah, yeah, she, she calls him out for not holding back, and he was like, actually, I was holding back, like, a good percentage of my power. It was very funny. That was a good moment. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I agree. That that was great. Mm-hmm. So then um, Shane ends up becoming the top student. Shock. He has to then give a speech. They then figure out, like, everyone then figures out that he is a Wolford. He is the grandson of... Um, the hero, uh, like who killed the the demonoid, um, and yeah, basically you're just getting to know all of the characters. Um, pretty quick after that, um, uh, well, that, yeah, that's pretty much the end of of um, episode two, and then you get into episode three, and that's when we start finding out more about demonoids. Um, because you start getting introduced, well, you get introduced as character cut in the second episode when he first goes to school. But you get to know Kurt more, his backstory, kind of what he's going through, and the fact that he and Sizzlin are uh, supposedly engaged according to him, but she wants nothing to do with him. And then um, you figure out that uh, he's actually kind of, like, not a cool dude. He's a real creep. He didn't come off well in the first, like, the first time you met him, but he's real bad now. Um, And you just get this really, really distasteful opinion of him. Um, And then not too long after that, um, you, uh, start seeing him, like, transform into becoming a demonoid, and, um, then, like, him and Shin end up having a big fight where Shin ends up killing him. Um, this moment was not done very well, in my opinion. I think that they should have played it up more. That's kind of my biggest critique throughout this whole anime is that they it could have gone two steps further. You know, they they held back. And um, I think that was kind of like the biggest reason why this anime is kind of middle of the road. Um, they held back with this. I feel like they could have and should have just gone ham with this moment. He's this horrible villain, gross person. We don't like him. Over the past couple episodes, we've figured out that we really, really don't like him. And... Um, then the fight is just kind of 
weak, but not just from like a fighting perspective, because Shin's obviously OP, so it's not going to last very long, but from an emotional perspective. Like, this is the first time that Shin's killed a human. Like, I don't know. I feel like they could have gone further. I agree. I agree. Like, they could have went a lot more ham. Like, there could have been a lot more, like, not carnage. Like, nobody needed to get hurt on that because Shin wouldn't let that happen. But, Mm -hmm. like, destruction to the school or the surrounding Mm -hmm. area, something along those lines. But also, yeah, like, it could have been a lot more emotional. Mm -hmm. Like, he's 15. He's Mm -hmm. just encountered the second ever demonoid to ever be made now it's talked about later about how he wasn't a full demonoid like mm-hmm. he was artificially created but he never truly like fully went over the edge mm-hmm. but it could have it could have went a lot further and a 15 year old yeah. killing somebody like that should have left a lasting impression on him but i think like other than people bringing it up of him being like the second ever person to kill a demonoid even though he's like you know the greatest sorcerer's grandchild like this is what he did but he like he never acts like it affects him at all yeah i agree i agree he actually seems kind of like cool with it just like meh yeah it was really meh um that's actually a, a thing that i have kind of a gripe with an anime across the board is that i have watched several animes where it is portraying a character to kind of have PTSD type symptoms and um, then they just get told to like get over it or they have to fight to protect their friends or something happens and all of a sudden they're not just over it in the moment they're over it for the rest of their lives and I'm like that's not how that you might be able to push past it for a moment but then have it affect them in their downtime you know Mm -hmm. like things come back um, and this is one of those cases where I just think they could have gone so much further with this. I think they could have, um, they, they, because in the moment, in the actual anime, you see him doubting that Kurt is a demonoid because you see him thinking, um, he's too weak. You know, he's, this is, something's wrong. He's talking. My grandpa, like my grandpa said that demonoids couldn't talk. You see him doubting before he kills him. So I feel like they could have gone further with that. I don't know. Um, so quickly after that, you figure out, like the the team kind of figures out that um, a character named Strom was actually Kurt's middle school teacher and had like tried to recruit a bunch of kids to join like his after school lab club. And this is when you kind of figure out that um, Strom was manipulating Kurt from behind the scenes and was the one who experimented on him and turned him into a demonoid. Strom ends up becoming our main villain. I actually like him as a character. I really do like the backstory behind him. And I think that's the moment where they went far enough with the emotion. I think that was a good level for them to do the emotions at. And I wish they had continued that throughout or um, gone again, flipped to the complete other side and only done comedic. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. Like they fleshed out his character really well. Like he had true motivation for being the way that he was. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the only characters that, you know, actually was the way he was because of his motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he was a really, really well thought out character. And I just wish that there were more moments like that throughout. The other moment 
where I don't think that they went far enough with the emotion that should have been on the same level as that. When um, near the end of the anime, I actually think it's, yeah, it's the last episode, um, Cicelyn um, is healing a man who is on the brink of death and she can't heal him. And she goes to put her um, clothes, which have been enchanted with like magic, over him to try and get him to heal. And then Shin comes in and he heals and it's all fine. And I feel like that man should have died. I'm sorry, but I feel like they, or at least they should have gone further with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I agree. Like, I legitimately thought he was going to die too. and it was going to be like a moment of character growth yeah, I agree. or like a moment to the kids of where it's like, this is real. Holy crap. Like, this is real. Yeah, because up until like, that- we are putting our lives on the yeah, line. Yeah, definitely. Up until that point, the kids hadn't really like throughout the anime org who is the prince um of the kingdom um he is probably like the most grown up out of all of them he uh, including shin he is very very mature he is the only one that kind of gets the impact of what they're doing he's the only one that gets the impact of shin's abilities he is the only one that understands that this could mean an entire world war because they have kind of basically a nuclear bomb compared to First World War weapons. You know, like, that's kind of where you're you're at. Is Well, not even a nuclear bomb compared to medieval weapons. Like, you are... Shin is on such a completely different level. Org is the only one who really understands how much of a difference there is between um, themselves and other nations with him on their side as a military power because eventually Shin does decide on his own that he wants to join um Elshid as their um in their military forces he ends up joining their army that kind of stuff and he puts them completely onto a, a different level and uh yeah Orc is the only one that really really gets that so up until this point I think that could have been the turning point for the entire group that this is way more serious than they have been thinking of hmm Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Or, and I hate to put it like this, and I'd have a feeling that at some point down the line, because I haven't read the manga or light novel either. However, I have a feeling that if they do decide to take it up a notch and, you know, take it a little bit further and like truly like show some growth, someone in that class will, I think, eventually die. Yeah, there's a... Because I... I think that's the only way to get it to where, like, they'll truly grasp what they have. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, Granny or Gramps. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, yeah. Um, One of the plot points that I think would have been super interesting um, that they didn't do, and I know that they can't do now, was Strom's um, backstory is basically that his um, he was a lord of a land um, and he was like helping the people develop and the other lords didn't like that he was helping the, the, the common people develop. So they set him up, they sent him away for a while and then spread rumors that he was kidnapping women and children and that kind of stuff. Um, and then the townsfolk revolted and ended up killing his pregnant wife. I think they should have made that Shin. I think the baby should have been Shin. And yeah, that's, that's what I was, cause when I was in the moment, I was like, the first time I watched it, I was like, 
she's going to give birth and it's going to be Shin. Like the 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 wagon in the forest that where they the that Gramps found with the parents that are too deformed, like defaced, to be able to identify. That makes it Shin. Shin's the baby, and then it wasn't. Yeah, holy crap! That would have. That would have just turned everything on its right? head real quick. Yeah, and then it wasn't. And I was so, like, I thought I had it. I thought I was there with the plot point, which is maybe why they didn't do it. Maybe that was too predictable. Um, but I I would have liked that. I would have enjoyed Shin actually being his son. Yeah, that would have made it very interesting. Like, just to, like... Even though, because it explains throughout the show that the reason Shin is as powerful as he is is because with his working knowledge mm-hmm. of the real world, mm-hmm. like, whereas the people in the current world that they're in just do magic because the way they have that. magic. Like, yeah. that's the only way. Whereas Shin, having been from Earth and from Japan, like, he asks why. Yeah, yeah, he understands the science of it. One part that I thought was actually really interesting. I believe he makes a hydrogen bomb. I don't know the inner workings of a hydrogen bomb, so don't quote me. But like you see him going, okay, a little bit of oxygen, a little bit of hydrogen, and then he goes to explode. And like as um like an earthling, as an earthling, um like that was really cool to see because like he explains at one point that, oh, I'm just using anti-gravity magic. Oh wait, you don't know what gravity is. So you know, we have to... Yeah, like, whenever he explained, like, how he's able to make uh, objects float, and then, like, how he's able to make them fly and actually be able to propel propel them, it's really cool, like, how he just explains it to them, and then his classmates, or, yeah, his classmates, and also club members, since they formed a club to where they could, you know, teach each other magic outside of the classroom, he, like, shows them why and he shows them what he's actually thinking to be able to get them to be able to further themselves and actually be able to grow and do magic without chance and everything else yeah agreed um i i i do think that that's a really cool element um and i i like the fact that they did include that kind of because that to me makes it a reasonable isekai i know a lot of the comments from what I was seeing from reviews of the anime were, why is this even an isekai? To me, that was the reason why it's an isekai, because he understands science that they don't understand in that realm. He understands that if you, you know, take, a, uh, like, for instance, his gate magic isn't teleportation magic, it's, um, like, uh, just shortening the distance between two places, so he calls it a gate. Um, and I think that was really like that was it. I mean it's used constantly throughout the anime um but that it was really well explained and I think that they could have even gone that one step further and maybe they will in later seasons because you start seeing him invent things like the telephone and the speaker and things like that with him using magic and magical enchantments to create um like common uh magic like common uses that we use like common things I don't know Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically it's just like them all getting to know each other, Shin and uh, Sicilian like, having a romantic relationship together, um, and you then finding out that after the big fight between um, Shin and Strom, um, Strom actually escapes because like when Kurt gets killed, um, they then find uh, out who did it, and then they try and like capture him, and they can't, he's very powerful. Um, and then Chin comes to try and save the day. Um, and everyone thinks that he did kill him, but um, 
Shin actually didn't, and Shin suspects that he didn't, but he doesn't want to vocalize it until he knows for sure. And then later, when he decides that he does know for sure, he then goes and tells Org and the rest of the group. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like pretty much what happens, and that takes us to around the middle of the anime. So that's kind of like all set up um, for things to kind of go a bit ham. Um, and then there's like a few um, training episodes where it's just them going on training montages. And there's actually an episode where they go on a training montage with um, the Knights School. And I thought that was pretty funny. There were some good jokes in there. But again, I just don't think they went far enough. Yeah, I agree. Like they should have, like they could have drug it out a little bit longer. And not only that, but it was very much like, hey, we're better than you. And then the other one's like, no, we're better than yeah. you. And it's just, it was just a trope was all that it yeah, was. Yeah. I feel like it, it could have been, it could have been taken that one step further. Um, but yeah, Shin like defeats like a hundred enemies in one fell swoop. And they were like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, don't be an asshole. But you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So then, um, what happens? I don't know what happens. Why should I pay attention to what happens? It's not like I'm recording anything or anything. No, not at all. Um, but a lot of that in-between time of the training montage and episodes two was a lot of like further developing yes. Shin and Sicilian's relationship yeah. as well. And you get to see them like grow. And again, like during the entire training camps and especially the training camp with the night school, everybody was just like, oh, y'all are a cute couple. And they're like, wait, what? No. <laughs> No, we're we're not. No, uh, no. Yeah, that's cute. No. <laughs> that is cute. I actually did leave little moments in here where it's like, um, uh, they're really cute, or this is really gross. Um, and like, I have one here that's just flirting ensues. I'm like, I don't want to write any notes about that. <laughs> yeah, because it's that's literally all it is. It's just a lot of like flirtation back and forth, and then once they get back from their training camps and they're spending. Uh, like they're just spending a night all together at Shin's grandparents and Shin and Cecilia go out for a walk. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's God. whenever they finally decided to yeah, this is the bit that get I together and they go in, they go in for a kiss and then literally everybody, including grandma and grandpa, like everybody in their class, the butler, the maids, like literally everybody just comes falling out you saying that is They're literally like, making me cringe right now it is so embarrassing <laughs> i couldn't watch it like oh god that's, it's so bad because like is like hyping him up beforehand it's like you need to do it you need to ask her out you've been leading her on all this time you don't know why she's acting the way that she is and then they start like talking about having babies or something and and um and Sizzlin just like blurts out, I think our babies are really cute or something. And I I can't even quote directly because I skipped over that bit too. But then that leads her to run out and start crying, which is when Shin follows her to confess his love, and it's so much. It's too much. <laughs> it's it's really good though. Like to me, like that was just really good comedy. It was because funny. it's so over the top done. Like, even though it is somewhat cringy, like, it was just done in such an over-the-top manner. Where it's just like, this is great. Oh my God, I like yeah. this. You guys did a good job. And for the rest of the anime, I was sitting there whenever anything happened between the two of them, waiting for people to pop out. Like, I was like, somebody's going to be there. They're going to be there. And you're trying to have a private moment. And it happens again. And I can't even handle it. 
Um, the the one that got me to where I was like, it's really cringe, was whenever they were all in a room together oh just God. talking, even though it was past whenever yeah. Granny told them to go to bed. it was bedtime. And so Granny comes in and everybody's like, quick, cut the lights off. And then they all dive into a bed oh while Shin and Cecilian are in the same it's bed together so and she was just like shh everything's fine but she's like uh uh you're you're touching me places it's so bad she's like wait what and at that very moment it's so bad granny rips the sheets off she's like shit what the hell are you doing it's so bad <laughs> like y'all just got together like this was the same night to where that. he asked her out and everything she's like y'all just got together what in the world do you think you are doing it's so so bad um yeah no i can't even, uh no can't watch can't watch yeah also skip through that bit <laughs> Um, and then that just kind of leads us into the final act of the show to where Strom, like, fully decides to... Go ham. Like... Yeah. Yeah, like, just go ham. Like, the last two episodes are where the show finally decides to take itself fully seriously again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throughout the, the training montages, you are getting glimpses of Strom and his men making movements. Um, you're getting glimpses of um, the fact that Strom doesn't really want to keep fighting because up until this point he's been fighting neighboring kingdom fight fighting fighting he's been fighting neighboring kingdoms and uh he has pretty much obliterated one kingdom completely and then uh, because of his backstory only being focused in one kingdom he kind of reaches his limit he's like i've done what i wanted to do i've destroyed the kingdom that i wanted to destroy all of you demonoids that i have made in my army are now free um, and so one of his demonoid buds called Zest is like, hey, we can't be having this. We want to take over the world. So um, we're going to find our man Shin, who has previously fought um, Strom and severely hurt him. Um, and we are going to use him as a pawn to hype up Strom and um, make him become a dude like worth fighting like he's gonna light fire under his ass basically um and so then uh zest gets his guy lawrence and is like hey you are gonna grab some demonoids and you're gonna go invade the town of um the the kingdom of um swede and uh yeah you're gonna go invade and kill everybody um, and so uh, there's a hilarious moment where Org is getting um, princified. He's becoming just like from a regular prince, becoming to the crown prince. So basically the heir. Um, and uh, uh, then a person comes in and says, hey, this neighboring kingdom, um, Swede is getting attacked. We need to go help them from like an army of demonoids. Um, and uh, Org is like, it's okay. Yeah, we've got this. We are a team. We're going to save everybody. Um, here is your, uh, the leader of our team. This is Shin. Um, and then he basically turns to Shin. And he's like, okay, go talk to the townspeople. Make sure that they feel like they're safe. Um, and also give our team a name. And uh, yeah, so Shin has to just go out there and think up a name randomly. And uh, then is embarrassed about the name that he came up with for the rest of the time. It's very funny. 
because the Ultimate Magicians is amazing, and I think that it is a great name. It's a great name. for their team. I loved it. It was it was a very funny moment, and that was really funny because it continuously for the next two episodes it was a running gag. Like at one point, um, August fighting a dude, and he's like, "There's no way that you're gonna get away with this because we are." And then he stops and he can't stop can't stop laughing. And he's like, the ultimate magicians and we're going to stop you. And he's like dying laughing. It was funny. I enjoyed that. It is like a very serious moment too. But he yeah. just pauses just to laugh over it's the silly funny. name. And that's also one thing that I really liked about it is for like, <clears throat> sorry, excuse my voice there. Um, it was one of those moments where it actually made him seem like he was 15 because throughout most of it, August seemed 25 maybe um, out of maturity. Which I completely get for his character because he is the prince of the country. Like, he has a lot more responsibilities than the other characters. Um, but that was a real moment where it showed his age. And throughout the whole show, he's really teasing Shin. He teases Shin throughout the whole time. And that I, their relationship, Organ Shin's relationship, I think is a really funny one. Yeah, because even though, like, in the second episode, they're like, oh, hey, like, your uncle's son, so that basically makes us cousins. But really, Og is basically like Shin's older brother, the way he teases him about everything and kind of ags him on yeah, on things. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a really it's a really good dynamic. Like, yeah, I really I like enjoyed the that. Them. And I like how um, Org is completely understanding of how different their abilities are. Like, there's no kind of rivalry between them. Um, and a lot of characters... Uh, character dynamics you'll see that one person is like trying to fight the other person or get better than the other person when one of them is just completely out of the other one's league um and uh in this case there isn't any of that or just completely accepts that shin is better than him and um shin uh sorry i think my heating just went on there or something um Org is, yeah, Org completely accepts that shin is better than him and just allows shin to do his thing and then Org steps back and does more of the negotiations uh democratic kind of stuff and i think that works really well they work really well together in that i agree like their whole team is very well structured and well put together but Og is definitely the brains behind the operation and it's because of Og that even though uh granny and grandpa made the kingdom swore that they would never use Shin as a weapon, Shin and Og basically came up with the idea of making the class into its own secret mage company and making it more powerful than any other company in the kingdom because Og saw the potential of what the class had and also knew Shin's abilities to where it's like, okay, we can be a mobile force. I can actually get places and get things done before the actual military can show up. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I actually really, really like that Shin isn't both the brawns and the brains. I mean, he is kind of the brains in like new magic development, but he's not the brains in um, like actual, like the war way, like how <laughs> the war way, in the war way. He's um, not like the actual like commanding officer. But yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Like he has yeah. the ability to make decisions and whatnot because he is truly like the leader of the group, but he's not the decision maker. Yeah. Of the group. Like, Og yeah. is very much that person. Yeah, and and I... Uh, well, I mean, it makes sense that they have kind of the face of the group, which is Shin, and then their actual commanding officer, which is Org, and that makes sense. And it's really kind of a unique dynamic that the prince isn't the leader, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, I agree. It's just... It's a really good dynamic, and it really works for the show. Yes, agreed. Um, so the show kind of... The first season kind of leaves off 
with um, uh, Strom's um, attack, well, not really his attack because Zest is the one that put it forward, um, kind of working to an extent, but uh, like the kingdom is destroyed, but also um, not working in the sense that um, Shin completely overpowers them. And not just him, but the rest of the team have been working so hard that their levels are above any of the other magicians that are part of like the guards unit or anything like that. So this team is really becoming like a super, super elite team with Shin being like even 500 times more as strong as each of the individual members. Um, and so then the demonoids kind of retreat. Um, they heal the man that we spoke about earlier. Um, and uh, then you kind of get the, the credits roll and you get this glimpse of like um, uh, Strom uh, finding out about the the fight. The credits kind of roll. You think that's the end. And then in the last dang moment, they have uh, a conversation between Strom and his like minions. Um, and they are saying um, that... Uh, we're sorry that we fought Shin without your permission when you told us specifically not to fight Shin. And he's like, actually, I really like that you fought Shin. Thank, like, I wish you had just gone further with it. And you see that file under his RSS plan worked. Strom now has a new mission. He wants to kill Shin. and Or like, he wants a good fight with Shin. I, you don't really know at this point. He just is interested in Shin. And then um, you see him ask his female minion, I believe her name is Miria, um, how her condition is or like how the developments are or something. And she puts a hand to her stomach and both of them are demonoids. So I don't know if they're trying to make a demonoid baby. It isn't said, but that's the impression that I got. I agree. I think that's the impression as well. And I think Strom's overall idea is to have a kid that can rival Shin yes. and his power. Yeah. Yeah, especially considering that his whole reason for becoming a demonoid revolved around a baby to start with. Um, yeah, I just, I wish it could have been so cool if Shin was his son, his first son, and then he has a second son, or like a daughter or something, a, a demonoid kid. And it's like demonoid kid versus Shin. Sibling rivalry. I like, agree. I think that could have been so cool. It would be... That would definitely be really cool, but also, like, even the way they're turning it now, I'm like, I'm intrigued of where it's going to go, and I'm definitely, like, not necessarily chomping at the bit for a second season, but whenever it comes out, I'm definitely going to give it a yeah. watch, because I think it'll be good. I'm interested to see where they go from yeah, here. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I'm, I'm interested in, in the second season as well. I think they have a lot of places where they could go with it. They didn't really wrap anything up, like, in general, um, so there's a lot of blank canvases that they could get with because they they briefly mentioned the night school for one episode and then that was kind of left alone for the rest and that was kind of strange like having that in there i mean i get why they did it but they kind of like they made a really good point of if mages and knights work together that they can be unstoppable yeah. so i feel like if a war truly does break out between demonoids and you know, the rest of humanity, then I feel like there will be a scene of like everybody coming together. I agree. And I agree. You know, the mages powering up the knights and just making it all yeah, work. Yeah, I just like the knights right now are so not comparable to the level that the mages are. 
So they would have to either find an elite group of people or have a serious glow up. Mm, I agree. I agree. They made them look very weak, even though very, like very it was very much like, oh, the knights are better, blah, blah, blah. And then, no, they got shown up really quick. Yeah, no, like uh, the the weakness of them, like they couldn't even defeat de- like demon dogs, like small dogs, not like wolves, like small dogs couldn't defeat them. So, and then like the, but you're in comparison, your mage team are creating explosions like the size of blocks of buildings, you know? Mm. So like the, the levels right now are just way, way, way too far apart and you can't train like physical training the same way that you can train magic training like they they got so far in development in like 6 months like if the anime takes 6 months they turned from not being able to defeat dogs to be able to take down uh, catastrophic class um demons and demonoids um in like a couple of months right mm. whereas the military guys they're not working with magic on their side they're literally just training their own muscle um and technique and yeah, I don't know how they're going to be able to to make them to the same level. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here, for sure. But also, they were comparing them against Shin's class, and Shin had already been teaching them at that point. Yeah. So really, it was just the magicians being super cocky and just like showing yeah. everything. But also, I think that could actually lead for really good growth for the knights. Yeah. You know, presuming they actually want to use it that way and be like, hey, you know... Like, we got our asses handed to us by those magicians, so let's let's show them what we can actually do. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Having faith in the writer that they decide to go that way anyway. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's a lot of different directions that they could go. I think that they could go for the more, um, just, like, take back all of the serious stuff and just go for complete comedy. And then I feel like they could also, um, go for like a handful of each and then i feel like they could just drop the comedy and go serious like if they if they wanted to they've kind of set themselves up to go in any direction with that yeah i could see it being very similar to like a food war situation of the second season can be like very comedy based and like world building and then third season like just straight up just kick it into fourth gear and just like really like death destruction and all like let it rain and let it get super serious because also if they do go the baby route then they would probably need at least a whole season's worth of stuff to let the child age and grow up and become an age to where it could actually fight and be strong enough against shin so like go a full like comedy season like let everybody laugh and have a good time and then just let chaos reign from the third season on yeah yeah because i mean even if you wait 10 years, that baby's going to be 10. Shin's going to be 25. Like, I mean, unless they get Cicelyn pregnant. Ooh. But they're so young. I know. But they're also adults in their world. Oh, but that's they're true. kind of adults. But what's the average life expectancy? Like, we don't have all of this information. Yeah. I know. It's like, but yeah, like, they're, they're adults, kind of adults, but they're going but they're to school. Yeah, right. But their school is very much like a university style school yeah Yeah, because well i don't know there's so much we don't know about the world like give us more world building in the second season please we want to learn things yeah but then that that was kind of set up as well because they did kind of leave you on the impression that the group is kind of going to go on a 
on like a road trip kind of thing because um Shin was like really upset that they couldn't get to um the kingdom of Swede fast enough uh because he hadn't already set up a gate there because he has to have like already gone to a place to be able to set up a gate um and he couldn't set up a gate there so they couldn't like effectively teleport um there and so he was like hey org I have a favor favor to ask of you can we like go travel and so I can like have the ability to set up gates all over the world. Um, and then Org was like, funnily enough, I was actually thinking of doing the same thing because I want to go protect the world. And so they had like a fist bump bro moment where it was like, we're cool and on the same page. Um, and Then you just get uh, a montage of them flying off into the air. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where, where it ends. Oh, and um, uh, May and Ellie are also with the team. So it's not just students anymore. It is also May and Ellie. Uh, May is Org's little sister, and Ellie is his fiance. Uh, May actually was said to be really, really adept at magic for her age, like they were shocked. So she might be a power player later on, but she's really young right now. So maybe she's the one who's going to be fighting the demonoid? Maybe? Oh. Because that would be less of an age gap. Um, maybe, but also I could see her being used as a plot point as well of, oh, okay. hey, she's been stolen. Let's go yeah. get her back. Yeah, Ellie uh, Ellie probably more than May because Ellie has stated like she has no affinity to magic whatsoever. So she is, she's smarter than May. May's quite, well, she's immature. She's a child. Um, but uh, yeah, she's got more common sense, but she has like no fighting ability, no magical ability. She's like just normal. So it could definitely lead to to a really interesting dynamic and story setup yeah. in the future. But so my question for you overall, what would you rate this anime on a one out of ten scale, one being the worst, ten being perfection? What would you rate this? Six point five. Probably. Yeah, six point five. That's what I'm gonna give it. Uh that was my gut reaction, so I'm gonna go with that. Um, there is so much good with this anime, but it is, to me, just a starting point. Um, and there is so much that I feel like they held back on. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just excited to see what they do with it. I agree. I think it was good, but it wasn't great. So I think 6.5 is a really good rating because it was good. It was really good, but it never, like, it never... If it would have committed to one or the other, whether it's going to be serious or like comedy, it probably would have been rated higher. But mm-hmm. the fact that they never truly went like all in on one or the other, I think it's just going to sit at a 6.5 for now. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it both times that I watched it. And that's very rare. I enjoyed it the first time. The second time, I couldn't get over the English dub actors. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh yeah, I will. I will also say that um, May Oxel's sister, the Japanese voice actor, the first time I didn't notice, the second time it bugged me. You see, it didn't bother me watching through it the first time because I was like, "It makes sense. Like, I yeah. can give it a pass." Yeah, the I I guess what it was is just the second time that I watched it, I could hear that it was an adult pretending to be a child, whereas the mm. first time I watched it, I didn't notice. But yeah, the second time, it might just be because I was analyzing it more for the review, but it really did sound like to me an adult pretending to be a child rather than an actual child's voice. Yeah, I can see that. But on something like that, I'll give it a pass. 
just yeah. because I'm like, it's kind of hard to get like actual like child voice actors to be able to portray emotion and whatnot that yeah. I feel like May kind of needed to have because of like she was real fidgety on a lot of stuff and like very unsure. So I feel like that did require a little bit of vocal prowess that you might not necessarily be able to get out of a child mm-hmm. for something like yeah. that. I would just be curious if that um, particular voice actor had done children before or if that was kind of their first child role. Um, and uh, other voice actors that are in the industry that are really good at do- doing children's voices. It's like opened up a whole thing, a whole realm to me of being like, okay, well, who's who's good at doing children's voices? Because I want to know. I can agree because one thing I did notice, like this was from the Japanese voice actors standpoint, like this was, it seemed like it was a lot of like starring roles for a lot of people. Whereas Shin, like he, his voice actor had like some really big roles beforehand. Whereas uh, Sicilian and Maria, they had like, they were mainly minor roles in a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's a really good repertoire to have to where if they are using like new and aspiring voice actors and actresses, like they can build and grow. And we can actually see that throughout the show because I feel like Food Wars was very much like that, too. Of yeah. You got to like see the actors and actresses grow, not just the characters. So I feel like there's a yeah. lot they could do with that. Agreed. Agreed. But I think that wraps up everything on this one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that wraps it all up for me, too. So, great, great first actual review episode, I will say. Yeah, Yeah, I had a great time. Um, Some of this is probably going to have been cut out, but we'll see. We kind of rambled a little bit. No, no, rambling is fine. This was fun. I enjoy it. It's great. Yeah. But, yeah, thank you all so much for giving us a listen. We greatly appreciate it. You can find Blue over on Instagram tags yeah, yeah. i'm a uh, blue lavender stm on uh instagram and twitter um lavender with uh, an a rather than an e it's spelled wrong um that's fun um and uh you can also find me on twitch where i stream uh pretty much every day um and you can also find brad around as well you can find me on twitch at brad carter gaming you can find me on instagram at brad carter gaming if you have any comments suggestions anything like that for the podcast you can email them to us at bnbanime at gmail.com or i'm still working on getting a website set up so that Mm -hmm. way you can get leave suggestions on there and also an instagram and twitter set up for the podcast as well so those will be ready at some point in the future i'll get to it i promise yeah yeah we, uh, don't worry I'll, I'll get on his case we'll get the things done um and also if you want to follow an instagram page solely of cacti you can follow uh, brad's uh secret instagram um of at the adorable prick and you can also follow blue secret instagram for her dog at what is it? The best Tilly bean. It's exactly. the best Tilly bean. Because Tilly is the best bean. And also you can see caricatures of them as the new logo for the podcast that I did. Yeah. And the lettering and a lot of the design work was done by a really good friend of ours. Yes. Yeah. She is um, known as the Darling Wordsmith on Twitch. 
Um, and she also has an Instagram, which I believe is under the same handle. It is, um, and I think maybe a Twitter as well, I think. I think so, yes, as well. And she's also an author, so if you like books, um, you can go over to her Twitch, Instagram, whatever, um, and find all of the fun links, because they'll all be there. She'll have linked her own stuff. She will, and also I will do my best to actually, under the bio page, give her like her own section as well, so that way we can get all of her book pages and all that stuff linked as well because she has collabed with us on this so she deserves a lot of recognition because the work she did on the logo is beautiful and amazing and i love it yeah yeah definitely and uh yeah she actually does that quite a bit she does um uh she designs book covers for people as well as writing her own books which is super fun yeah so i think that does it for me thank you all so much for listening we greatly appreciate it we do and we will catch y'all next time Bye. bye